Hello, Rip City, and goodbye, Neil Olshay. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in to this special episode. Here with you from Hood River, I am Keith Elder Smith. Here with me, as always, the master of segues and possibly the new GM for the Portland Trailblazers, because Neil Olshay is gone. Christopher Joseph Burkhart. How are you feeling, buddy? You looking, you looking you, bright and shiny over there. You don't want me as GM. We all right. We had we had this talk last night about what I would do if I was in that seat. You don't want me as GM. I am. I'm feeling all right. I'm a little. I'm, I'm realizing. I think I'm washed. I think I'm washed. Go to a game, have a couple beers, and wake up with a headache that won't go away. Maybe it's not the beer's fault. Maybe it's my sinuses. I don't know. But I'm feeling washed today. Yeah, well, don't don't mistake Chris's uh, uh, tones for for anything, uh, any sort of mood about Olshay. That is purely from last night over a poor Blazers game. But we don't care about that today. Uh, we're not going to go over the, the game. We're not going to go through love, hugs, and hate mail. Today is just about Olshay and some uh, somewhat how about how Chris is washed, but mostly about Olshay. Uh, <laughs> but thank you for uh, for for you know t- popping some Tylenol or, or are you a Tylenol or an Advil guy when you when you got a headache? The Advil has been popped, good sir. The Advil yeah, has okay. been popped. I, I can't go Advil. Ibuprofen doesn't work with me very well, but Tylenol, uh, Tylenol does the trick. I'm glad you're here with us, though. Thank you for sticking through it. Yeah, that's why I'm here, my, my man. I'm here. So, Neil Olshay, officially gone. Uh, once again, the Blazers have a Friday news dump, which, uh, as we said before, is... Not that typical, usually, when you want something to stick around, but hey, it just seems to be the way the Blazers have rolled for a while. Uh, maybe we can't blame that one on Olshay, because I don't think he made this decision. Uh, but yeah, probably the best Friday news dump the Blazers have had was this news, and it came out, as you mentioned, Chris, in the pre-show, 9 a.m., uh, not 9 p.m., so thanks for that one, too. This gives us a full day to kind of digest this and talk about this and drop this uh, quick pod here. Uh, I'm trying really hard not to make the episode title or anything in here a poop joke it just seemed the the friday news dump and great dump and all this just there's there's so many options it's it's so possible uh the blazers did put out a statement about is neil is 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 neil olshay is he is he is he bono (laughs) yes there you go get it get it yes yeah is he yeah yeah yeah, is he the 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 world's biggest turd (laughs) Bono, Bono, Bono didn't did not produce the world's biggest turd. He is, he is the world's the biggest turd. Come to Trailcasters for all of your Simpsons and uh, South Park South references, Park references and uh, probably old classic movies too. We can get into some yeah. some Mel Brooks at one point. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so the Blazers put out. <laughs> <laughs> the Blazers put out a statement. We're moving forward. The Blazers put out a statement about Neil Chase firing. Uh, not going to read through the whole thing, but some key quotes. Committed to building an organization that positively impacts our colleagues, communities, and the world. They're saying that about themselves, so I'm kind of setting the stage for what they did. Uh, they say, after independent review of concerns and complaints, the Portland Trailblazers organization has decided to terminate general manager and president of basketball operations, Neil O'Shea, effective immediately due to violations of the Portland Trailblazers code of conduct. They will not, also will not release or discuss the investigation or those involved, and they named Joe Cronin as interim GM, Jason Quick, he, he said that he saw Jody and Neil speaking last night, uh, and when the conversation ended, there were no signs of Neil being fired. Uh, so 
uh, someone posted, someone mentioned this on Spaces actually this morning. Uh, shout out to Brandon Goldner for hosting that. But it's possible that Olshay found out about this news the same way we all did, which again makes this Friday dump the best ever. It's a real a real Bono of a Friday news dump here. It's a great Bono. So yeah, <laughs> hey, it's it's an interesting move to go from feeling good one night to waking up that you realize you got fired. But uh, judging by social media, I mean, this is exactly what fans wanted. Definitely uh, needed to happen to shake it up. It, it raises a lot of questions. The biggest one is where do the Blazers go from here? It's uh, it's obviously the second most important thing that they've done over the last you know half year. <laughs> the other one being uh, who they're going to sign as their head coach, and that's presenting all sorts of problems right now. I mean, uh, I still think Chauncey Billups has a good basketball mind and is a good basketball coach, but at this point in the season, I mean, he's he's in a little bit over his head. Um, you know, look at the names that, that we've brought up before on spaces, guys who took over rosters. I used it as examples that coaching was the difference, right? You look at, you look at Steve Kerr over Mark Jackson, you look at Nick nurse over Dwayne Casey. Um, but those guys were into situations where there was, there was no rocking of the boat, right? Those, those teams were really, really talented. There was no going to, there was going to be no, you know, trials and tribulations and learning curve. And yeah, Billups did not come into a situation where this was one of the best teams in the Western conference. It's, it's a struggle. And I think that's weighing on him. I think it's weighing on the team and that resulted in one of the, the uglier losses of the season on uh, Thursday night against the San Antonio Spurs, a game that you should have won. Um, they came in, they being the Spurs, came into the Moda Center having six wins on the seasons and absolutely boat raced you in your own house. So <laughs> uh, I, I think, you know, you wake up the next morning, you got an investigation going, the roster's obviously proven that it's not working, and, you know, there's a one only one guy responsible for that. That's Neil Olshay. Um, I think it's got to be a, a – a, it's got to be a lot of things. To me, like, I, I know the investigation was going on, but, like, it, logically the way that this business should be run Keith like that shouldn't be the only thing that got him fired his performance should have been one yeah. right like yeah like, you think and I post I posed the question on Twitter too like had uh had Neil got fired first would cut would Terry Stott still be the head coach like if Neil didn't it's fire Terry question. and then get fired himself would he still be still be uh here and I think it's an interesting question I also think it would be an interesting outlook on this season because I don't think this, like, as much as, uh, again, don't get me wrong, as much as I said how, you know, I do think there was some change needed and and all that, and I still want to see what Billups can offer as a head coach, I don't think this team is 11-12 and 12 if Terry Stotts is the head coach right now. They're not, they're not you know, 18-5 and five or something, but they're probably playing a little bit better brand of basketball without, you know, just because continuity matters to a certain point. But that's not exactly. here nor there. We're not talking about coaches. We're talking about GMs who aren't here anymore. <laughs> No, it's okay. It's okay to tangent a little bit because they, they are all tied together. And I'm with you. I think it was an interesting question. If Neil had been let go first, if, if the organization had done a little more to kind of be uh, be forthright and, and kind of get in front of this, uh, would Stotts have been let go? And would that have the, – your point being is would that have been better for the Blazers? I think you're right. I think we probably are looking at maybe a slightly better record just from continuity if nothing else, just not having to, for the players not having to learn new systems and, and the rest. Uh, I brought this up. I mentioned earlier that, uh, again, Brandon Goldner, shout out to him. He was hosting a space this morning when we got this news. A lot of people jumped in there. Uh, I brought this point up on there. No one bit. No one went for it. No one uh, seemed to agree that this would have been uh, 
at the very least, no one spoke up in in favor of Green. I think it might have just been that maybe some of these uh, people were not as much of a fan of Stas. They thought he had been part of the issue, so he should be going anyway. Fair point, you know, or fair fair perspective to take. But yeah, I do think at this point, twenty games in the season, even if Stotts was not uh, the perfect coach, I think you'd be looking at it a little better just because the team wouldn't have to be learning all these new things. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, with the overall uh, production that you've seen from from this team so far, don't necessarily know if having Stotts as your head coach would be the worst situation. Because I, mean, <laughs> I, I think it was, it might have been in Jason's article. Um, and, and it's a good point to be made here is, um, yes, the base Blazers basically ran back the same roster, right? We've said this weeks and weeks about how Tony Snell is just Anthony Tolliver, etc. Um, but running it back, you had a roster built for Terry Stotts, not a roster built for, for Chauncey Billups. Like to, to, so to, to, so to me, it, it is a little, slanted if you will to to try to blame chauncey billups for lack of defensive execution or you know chauncey said that uh defense was going to be improved and putting an a dress on it and blah 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 but the defense isn't improved well they didn't build well, a roster to improve yeah. the defense either so <laughs> it's, it's roster it's, construction it's, is what you're saying exactly exactly which is uh, <laughs> the one thing that neil tried to defend oh it's not the roster it's not the roster it's not the roster no we it's the roster and here's the thing like we defended i mean at least i defended it early because i did like the moves like i it within a nutshell i like tony snell ben mclemore uh cody zeller and the larry nance acquisition the larry nance being the best of that group but again when you didn't have a lot of assets to work with that was the hand you were dealt neil you put yourself in that situation though um but the thing is like you go out and get these guys. None of those guys are defensive stoppers. None of those guys are going to get you where you want to go. Like you're just, your roster just wasn't built for it. So to ever say this has been a roster issue for years and years and years. And again, there's only one guy who is responsible for that. And now he's gone. The big question now is Keith, where do you go from here? Joe Cronin has been with this team for, for a long time. He's been here longer than, than Neil Olshay. Um, but is he the guy that you, you know, thrust into this situation? I mean, he's the cap guru for the team. Um, and again, like I said, does a lot behind the scenes. So he's very well equipped to be in this position. But do you give him a chance? Do you go outside that realm and try to get someone who is uh, already kind of been linked to the Blazers since this news drop, which is uh, Tayshawn Prince in Memphis, which honestly would be a, a really good hire he obviously look at the work he's done there as an assistant and helping the team in memphis um i know there's people who are like no i don't want him because he's a billups guy no Tayshawn prince played with chauncey billups in in uh detroit that doesn't mean he's a he's a billups guy it's not like billups is knocking on everyone's doors telling him, you know, hey you got to get Tayshawn in here no Tayshawn, if he gets a, a a job as a general manager with portland or elsewhere it's because of the work he's doing in his role in Memphis right now, that's very impressive. Not yeah. because he's a Billups guy. Um, and then you got a couple other names out there that are starting to float, like uh, Mark Eversley, current GM Eversley of the from, Chicago, from Chicago Bulls, uh, yeah. which would be a great one. But also, I don't know if he wants to leave that job because, A, he's done a phenomenal job in Chicago, and Chicago's playing great basketball this year. Also, and, what didn't didn't he just get in trouble for one of the trades he made over the summer? The uh, the tampering charges. Uh, I know it's not really. Don't yeah, get me in that. See, I think tampering. I just want to get you to the eye roll. So, 
it's it's tampering's dumb, but no, I'm I'm with you. Eversley, I think, is near the top of the list as far as the options I'm hearing so far. Tayshawn, I think, would be too. Uh, I wouldn't be against uh, Brent Mary, uh, Brent Berry, excuse me, that I was hearing earlier. Uh, yeah, man, I, I I think there are options out there that go beyond Danny Ainge that uh, are more than just uh, okay. Just so the, so you know, the I want to know. I want to know because. We've had this conversation all the time. You're the fan. You're the fan. I get it. I want your fan perspective. But why, as a fa- why, why as a fan, are are we anti Danny Ainge? Because I don't. I'm not anti. Tell me why you are anti Danny Ainge. I'm not necessarily anti Danny Ainge. I I just I I feel like it's one of these things where he's mainly being put out there because oh he has ties to Portland. He used to be a Blazer. You know, uh, it, not not as much of the idea of like he's the right fit. I do think we want someone who is going to make moves, not be afraid of making a big move or a big trade, regardless of kind of who the player is involved. Uh, I know you and I have debated whether it's a, a Dame trade or a CJ trade that should be kind of the priority here. Uh, if Ainge came in and made like, if we had a GM that came in and made one of those moves, that's what we're looking for. Ainge does fit that bill. So I'm not saying he's not yeah, a good yeah. option. I, I just mean, don't know if he's Dan- the best option. Hey, Dan- Danny Ainge, Danny Ainge was able to get Seattle to trade uh ray allen coming off the best year of his career he got <laughs> kevin garnett in town and he he pulled off those trades to create that big three in in boston by trading away antoine walker who was a fan favorite at the time right he got a championship out of that team and then when it started to you know show its age and the wheels started to fall off rather than do what neil has done for the last handful of years and be like i can't trade my guys got to hold on to my guys and blah blah no, what did he do? You know, you know, like you and I talk about, you know, Dame's trade value, and don't, can't trade him because how it would affect the fan base, which I get from a fan perspective. But what did Ainge do? He traded Kevin Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce. Like Paul Pierce was an ultra fan favorite in Boston, and he trades them to Brooklyn and gets you know assets and gets picks. And the picks that he got and all these trades that he did, hey, you know, took the risk on getting Kyrie Irving in there. The picks that he got ended up turning into Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum in the long run. So yep. it's like the, the guy makes moves. And the the the, I, I, the, I, the link between Ainge and Portland, I think, has very little to do with him being a former Blazer or him being a Portland guy. I think there's people within the know who know that there is there is interest from at least one side, and that is likely the Danny Ainge side. Uh, who Would Portland make that call and take a bet on that interest? That remains to be seen. I don't. I mean, I think he's a great hire. He 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 really is. Um, I also think there's something to be said, you know, with some guys out there who who could deserve that chance. Like I said, I think Tayshawn Prince uh, is a good one. I don't. I don't necessarily think Joe Cronin is completely that awful too. I think what you really have to do here, though, um, is you got to get a guy, and that's where Danny Ainge is good. And I think that's Tayshawn being a former player and I, you know not too far removed from. You know, he's not completely an old school guy, not completely a new school guy. Also, I mean, heck, if playing a give me a GM who is a former player who was known as being a three and D guy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. He knows yeah, his dude. own and can get Portland exactly what they need, right? Um and yeah, it's not like so the connection between Tayshawn and Billups is a bad thing. Like the the the, the whole the, you know, the comment we that you made earlier. It's not like he would be harmful. Like it's, I agree with you. I don't think the only reason that we should look at Tayshawn Prince would be the connection between he and Bills. But it's not like that would be hurtful either. If they have there's two things here. Like no, I just good. brought up that I've seen the argument on social. They're like, oh, he's a Billups guy, and there's people who are just so anti Billups because of the allegations right, right, right. levying against him. Which like just okay, but 
with Prince, I think there is something to be said there about that relationship because what do you need between your coach and your GM? Like you need a good relationship. You need to have the ability for your coach to go to the GM and say, Hey, these are the type of guys I need. And then you need your GM to be like, all right, well, I'm going to try to get you your guys. There was a lot, a lot, a lot between Neil and Terry between Neil going and getting guys that he wanted to do well and wanted to see his picks do well and then getting mad at Terry because Terry wasn't playing those guys or Terry wasn't getting the most out of those guys. And that's not the relationship you want because the G like the GM's job isn't to decide who gets minutes. That's the coach's job. And that's where you have to have that good relationship because the coach needs to be able to come to you and say, I know you got, Hey, I know you really wanted player A to do well, but player A just isn't working out for us. We need to find a way to get rid of player A and replace him with this type of player. And the general manager goes, okay, cool. Okay, cool. Yep, I'll go do it. And you also need a general manager who's going to get his ego out of the way and be like, well, I can't admit that I was wrong on that pick. You know what I mean? Like, right. So right. I think, Not I think there goes, so I think there's something to say between that previous working relationship between Tayshawn Prince um, and Chauncey Billups. So, yeah. And like I said, I get, I, I'm all for, I get the new blood argument, but I also understand that the old guard is the old guard for a reason because they've been doing it for a long time and a lot of them are really good at it. So there's arguments both sides there, but it's definitely going to be an important hire. I think my, I think the one that really should happen is the one I tweeted out just a little bit before we started recording, and that is uh, in the ultimate swerve, Portland should take a, quote, wild swing and just bring in Mike, Mike Rice is GM. <laughs> nice, Basketball yeah. would be secondary, but that's okay because there would never be a dull moment with the wild one in charge. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, and one more thing that just popped into my head, Keith. Um, yeah. uh, like I said, I want to go back to a lot of people saying that, um, you know, we need a new guard uh, in GMs. We need not quit rehashing all the old ones. One thing that would make, I think, honest to God, would be a really good reason to bring in Danny Ainge is the fact that, A, he's known for just not taking anything, right? Like, he's like, this is, <laughs> you know, iron fist, we're going to go. Um, but the thing is, like, Tayshaun Prince, as talented as I think he can be as a GM one day, that could, now that I think about it more, and even even Joe Cronin at this point, even though he's been in the league for a while and worked with the Blazers, you can't have a first-time GM paired with a first-time coach. Oh, interesting you, point. You, like, I hadn't thought about that yet. To, now that I think about it, like that's just like you're almost setting yourself point. up for failure. At least with Danny Ainge, who who has a, a lot of time in that position under his belt, a lot of time in that position successfully under his belt, and has a whole different aura about him than Neil Olshay. Like he can come in and work with a guy like Billups, and definitely, you know balance that out that, that 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 knowledge of the game the knowledge of this position versus that first time coach i yeah as much as i do like the idea of a tayshawn prince uh, yeah i just don't know if you want first time full gm paired with first time right head coach that's yeah that, that's that's a good a point, lot of rookiness yeah it's a lot of it is i'm not how many how, how much experience does uh eversley have in chicago is he a long-term guy i don't i just don't know the gms quite as well um, give me two seconds here. I was looking this up. Mark Eversley. Mark Eversley. Yeah, there we go. Mark Eversley has been with the Chicago Bulls 
since 2020. So he's basically a rookie. GM. Oh, he's new. Okay, yeah. So okay, I'll he was an assistant general that. manager with Toronto, VP of player personnel, vice president of Sixers player staff for four years. So he's been working in the front offices since 2006 but he's only been a GM since 2020. Um, okay. And same thing with Tayshawn Prince. Like Tayshawn Prince has been working right. his way up. But again, like, do you want to, do you want to throw that GM yeah. title to someone for the very first time in their career with a, or essentially know. the first time, even if he's had like a year of it. Yeah. Cause the same way that like Billups has not, had not been a head coach before, but he's had the assistant experience that you can't count that as. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. That makes sense. Yeah. Well, for now it's Joe Cronin. Uh, not sure how long he'll have the position, but Whoever gets into the GM spot for the Blazers is going to have Nurk and Rocco's contracts to address this year. Most immediately probably would be the the trade possibility. Like what kind of trade options are we talking? CJ, what kind of value you could get for him or for Dame, as you and I have discussed before. Yep. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss all that more uh, probably on next week's episode. Maybe when we find out a little more information, maybe when we see who the GM is going to be. Obviously, that would influence what direction they go with any of this. Uh I just want to throw in here one other thing I saw today, right before the show was starting. Had NBA Today on from uh, ESPN. Woj is on there talking to uh, Malika Andrews, and man, Woj just went straight to bat for Olshay. I, I understand you can have different perspectives on this, but I just some of these quotes I, I heard from him, and I'm, in my head I'm thinking like, if we're talking about Olshay was fired over. Uh, basically an abusive workplace, a toxic work, workplace is a term we've heard thrown around. If you were talking about an abusive relationship or toxic relationship in this way, you don't say the <laughs> that Woj was saying on ESPN. Like, so just, he says, there were no complaints to HR in the, for the Blazers or uh, for the NBA. And then he said, uh, suddenly there's an internal probe and a firing that we don't even know if it was with cause. What is workplace misconduct? And then he had a quote at the end about, uh, it's a competitive environment. Emotions run high. Winning and losing is paramount. That's justifying and excusing. If we're talking about abusive behavior of, of your coworkers, that is justifying and excusing in a way that you don't allow people to say out loud uh, if you're talking about an abusive, abusive personal relationships. It's just weird to see someone like Woj, who's supposed to be, in my opinion, reporting the, the deals that happen less editorializing but man he is just that line i think is really getting blurred in in cases hey he's he know he knows where his bread's buttered he's making sure that he's, <laughs> he's making sure that all the other gms who are still employed know that on your way out i'm not gonna roast you <laughs> but it's stupid it's stupid it's 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 indefensible and and yeah oh there was no there was no you know complaints directly to hr and this that that sounds like someone who had complaints levied against him but doesn't want the world to know that they, <laughs> oh there's no direct complaints and blah 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 <laughs> yeah i don't like that i don't like that hey another name yeah. that has been thrown out there in link though that we didn't talk about um who has been in part of the role he's been vice president of basketball operations hasn't been a full-on general manager uh but brent barry who's been with san antonio since 2018 right um, obviously right. some obviously some connections to the northwest um oh, so, yeah. with, with, with that name uh but that i i think that is actually one that is not necessarily a bad one at all because like i said he's current vice president of basketball operations has that experience in the front office under his belt and honestly I think anytime you can uh, pluck someone from the Spurs organization, 
you're getting a good hire, especially someone, you know, I mean, who's working with and under R.C. Buford, who's very well respected around the league uh, and has to work a lot directly with Greg Popovich, who's very well respected around the league. (laughs) And obviously, you know, their general manager, Brian Wright, has put together a roster that beat the Blazers last night. So, (laughs) so, you know, (laughs) they got something going on there. So uh, that's another name that's been connected that I think should probably be close to the top of that list because, uh, yeah, hasn't been a general manager, but that that vice president of basketball operations part does come into to big play with him and his longtime knowledge and work with the NBA. I could see Barry being a good option. I could I I could get behind that. So we'll we'll get more information about all this as it as it goes. Today was just mostly the the first initial kind of reactions. Again, with this showing up at nine a.m. this morning, uh, I think like what less than twenty four hours after our last podcast got released. So hooray timing! Um, Not to mention Tayshawn Prince and like, do you think? No, I go back. Like, do you think you would you ever get out of the relationship of Tayshawn Prince being your rookie? Like he's a rookie, gets oh, drafted in Detroit. Like, like, hey, what's up, Rook? What's up, Rook? Like, can you get and away with calling your, yeah, your general man? Hey, what's up, Rook? Hey, Rook, let me talk about the roster real quick. Absolutely, you'd absolutely see that. <laughs> okay, uh, quick, quick downside on all this before we get out of here. Uh, the the worst part, honestly, the worst part of the whole situation with Neil getting fired is I have really gotten used to using the Neil sound effect uh, that you guys have heard every time <laughs> this. Uh, I'm not not doing much episode, uh, not doing much editing for this episode, but every time you've heard us say Neil so far today, you're gonna hear this sound effect because I gotta use it. I really enjoy it, and I don't think we're gonna have it uh, around much longer. Uh, thankfully, I guess. No, the the real worst part of all this um, is how does this possibly affect Dame? There's a lot of articles out there, or not articles, there's a lot of talk out there already about could this uh, make Dame more likely to want to leave Portland? Like maybe he sees the kind of the, the fires starting and he sees things kind of falling apart and just says, okay, it is time to, to head out respectfully. Or, uh, you know, you've seen also maybe the fan perspective from a lot of people out there already saying that, no, Dame is not going to leave a, a team when it's down like this. He's, he's here uh, for loyalty and you know he wants that kind of respect so this actually makes it more likely that he'll stick around uh around portland listeners please write in tell us at trailcasters on twitter or uh come join our discord please or drop into our next spaces let us know what you think about how this affects uh dame and his future in portland but chris what's your initial thoughts i think i know where you're going well there's well his future in portland is is very interesting um we, we, we should do a deeper dive on this next week. Yeah, uh, well, we got a little more time, but I, I, I've said this a couple times to you. We battle about it because you, you have to bring the fan perspective, which I respect. Just disagree with. Love Fair. You. I respect uh, yours, too. I just but, I'm a fan. But the, 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 uh, from, a, from, from a fan perspective, I get where you, you don't you want to keep Dave at all costs. Absolutely. He's a fan favorite. You love everything about him. Um, and he's given a lot of people some of their best blazer memories from a financial and pure basketball perspective, especially at this point with the way the ship's being rocked. It makes a lot of sense, a lot more sense than it ever used to that Portland needs to start considering making phone calls on Dame's behalf, um, because his money is going to wrap this team up for a very long time. They currently have almost $90 million wrapped together between Norman Powell, CJ McCollum, and Damian Lillard, with Damian Lillard hmm. making over half of that. Um, he's, 
I think you're starting to see just a little bit of that downhill curve in his career. Um, I also think that when he does actually hit the downhill, I think it's my personal feeling is that it's going to be a steep decline because of the way he plays. Like he doesn't play a finesse game. He likes to play kind of a, a power game where he goes to the rim and takes a beating and yeah, and he's physical. Exactly. And you're going to, it's going to be interesting how his body deals with that. And don't get me wrong. Like I'm not saying he's falling off a cliff right now. He's still freaking Damian Lillard. That's why he still has value to be traded. Keith, like Bobby Marks talked about it today. Uh, you know how they should be calling Philly for packages around not Ben Simmons, but you know, Tobias Harris and Tyrese Maxey. And like, if you were now, this is where like, that's a type of trade that you're not getting with CJ McCollum because CJ McCollum has very, very little trade value because he's making $30 million a year. But as I've said before, the NBA is, is shooting guard heavy where you can plug a lot of people into that position and they're going to get 20 plus points a night. Look at Gary Trent jr. He's not even the number one option in Toronto and he's averaging like 18, 19 points per game in those starter minutes. So if you were to, there's just no want for CJ for that guy at $30 million when guys like Toronto have that guy at 10. Okay. So that's why CJ McCollum's trade value is low. It's, it's max trade value was about three years ago. See, see, we're, we're doing, we're doing this though. We're going to, we're no. going to get No, deep we'll go this. deeper. We'll go. No, this is not the deep dive. His, his max <laughs> trade value was about three years ago. So it right. leans on Dame. That's the only way you're going to get the most talent in. If you called Philly and say, McCollum for Tobias Harris and, and Tyrese Maxey, they hang up. You call Philly and say Damian Lillard for those two players and maybe some other assets, they listen. And that's so Damian Lillard is realistically how you get the most in return so that you don't have to go full on, send everyone away, rebuild from the ground up. And it's the best way for a new GM and a new coach to not just be screwed at the end of the day and looked at if you looked at a roster too where you could start where you could start cj norm and you could get nasir in there and now you have tobias here like you start to balance your roster just a little bit better too and you're not wrapped up in almost a hundred million dollars in nothing but guards or you keep dame norm Nas. everyone else goes in some deal or another everyone else is on the table in some form rebuild that way uh, happier fan base, better team because you have an actual star to build around, and then you can roll roll pieces of the rest, right? We will get into the rest. We will get into this later. It's different no, perspectives. I respect. So I'm not surprised that's the conversation. I I, I understand what you're saying. Uh, you know, yeah. We'll we'll talk about the whole thing more. We'll dive into the whole thing more on another episode, probably multiple future episodes because we're gonna have time to talk about all the trade stuff. We'll we'll get there. We'll you're get impossible. there. I'm cutting out as little of that as possible. <laughs> you're impossible. okay. Okay. Uh, we will get into this more. We'll get into the trade stuff more. Uh, I will have some more kind of, you know, fan-supported arguments to put together to throw back against your logic and stats that I respect and understand. I just disagree with as far as being the, the, the end all of the argument. But Blazer fans, uh, Trailcasters listeners, please come join us on Spaces. Again, shout out to Brandon Goldner. He had an hour of Spaces improv on the spot this morning when we found out this news about O'Shea. Lots of Rip City fans jumped in there. Happy to talk about it. Shout out to Ryan Witte. Shout out to Isaac, Thomas, uh, Rocky. Steve DeWall joined us for a bit also. He had some really nice nugs to throw in there. If you did not join Spaces this morning, get on our next one. Our next Spaces is Monday pregame against the Clippers. It's a 7 p.m. game, so 6 p.m. on Twitter Spaces. Come and join Chris and I to talk about the O'Shea firing, 
Bayern, Dame's future, trade possibilities, everything in between. Also, please come join our Discord. You can send us questions for all the episodes. We had Nibble join up with us today. He's been on Spaces. Now he's in Discord. He can send us questions anytime he wants. When we get live episodes going where fans on Discord can interact with us during the recordings, uh, can be having these conversations all together, it's going to be awesome. Uh, please come get on Discord. Chris, anything else you want to add into this one? I won't cut it, I swear. <laughs> You're insufferable. <laughs> All right. In closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That's our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt, for putting up with insufferable me. Thank you, Odar, for the fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again. And please come back in a few days for the next edition of the Trailcasters. Womp womp.